This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's a, it's a wonderful week in Door County. The weather has been nice. I've got my bike out finally. Woohoo! Uh, so it's pretty exciting. And there's a lot of stuff that went on over the last couple of days, too. You got to experience a bunch of it, and we'll, we'll talk about some of it, too. But this is a very exciting week in terms of things opening up and stuff like that. I think maybe the most exciting or the maybe the biggest bit of uh, new opening is Eagle Tower officially opened. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal, I think, up here. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was people's first time to go up the tower. Miles, did you get to go up the tower? I did. Um, but, you know, backtracking a little bit to what you said about, like, a lot of stuff opening up, I feel like there is such a backlog of openings and um, reopenings and, all, and events that just haven't been done for a year that it's suddenly, like, the middle of this month, it was just like, bang, bang, bang. There's just one thing after another of all these kind of delayed uh, events. I'm, now, I'm, I'm starting to worry about my summer, <laughs> just steam getting steamrolled here. I wonder if the, if that's just a heightened feeling or if it's uh, or if it is actually abnormal, because I feel like everything kind of kicks off around this time in Door County. Uh, and maybe it's just because so many things didn't happen last year and because we've got this, you know, fatigue of being inside and, and that kind of stuff. Maybe it just feels like it's overwhelming that all this stuff is happening. Where in I, a normal year, maybe it wouldn't. I think it's. I, you know, like I, I think it had there not been, there are a couple of things that just would have happened maybe four months ago or maybe even last fall. And then there's stuff like, you know, the half marathon usually kind of starts the build. So you have this like, all right, there's this build up in the late April, May 1st, first week of May. And then a few things trickle in and it seems like everything waited and waited and waited. And now they're, everyone's starting to feel good about the situation with masks and stuff. So it's like, all right, we're, we're going with it. And right. it's just like, Okay, catch up, catch up. You know, even us with the uh, beer fest and the bike ride and stuff, we're like, okay, things are going in the right direction. Like, we're we are doing this. You know, okay, doing this usually is something we plan on over the course of an entire year, not not like six weeks. You know, so right. there's a lot of that. And I actually was, I I got a little anxiety. It's excitement, but it's also anxiety when I look at the summer and you go, you know, for the last year we haven't had birthday parties or um, graduation ceremonies and proms and funerals and weddings and I started looking at my calendar coming up and I'm like oh yeah there's those two delayed weddings something's ha gonna happen with those and I haven't met this person's kid yet and at some point we're gonna have to figure out how to do that and I'm we, you know funerals and memorial services for so many people have been delayed for so long um, that I, I do feel there's just gonna be like this doubling up and tripling up and I, I'm guessing a lot of the venue operators probably feel that too and see that right. pressure yeah well, let's uh, let's jump into it. Let's jump into some of these new things that you've experienced. Uh, talk me through your Eagle Tower, the, the trip up to the top. I know that you are a skeptic. Did you change your mind at all when you finally got up to the top? Uh, in a in a sense, I think. Okay, so they they did a media day last on, on Tuesday yes. of this week, and um, it kind of came into last. It's just kind of how it works, you know. We we had a, a cover story about the re, the opening about a month ago, ready to go. And then on Wednesday, like literally an hour after I talked to someone from the DNR about the opening, they said, check that 
we're not opening. Right. <laughs> we had, we're going to delay it. We have last second stuff to do. And so then we had to pull a lot of stuff that we had planned. And then this time, same deal. It's like last second press release. Yeah. We were going to do a media day. Oh, and it's going to open later that day. <laughs> so, yep. um, and you'd think for a, a project six years in the making, there might be like a more concerted effort to do a rollout here, but I did get there for the beginning of the media day. And it was just myself, a couple of members of the DNR and the members of the friends of Peninsula state park and got to go up there with them and see them take their first steps, which was really exciting because that, that board, I don't think that tower gets rebuilt without the effort of the friends of Peninsula state park, because by them going out right away and saying, cause uh, originally it was supposed to cost $750,000. That was the estimate to rebuild it. And the friends group went out and raised $750,000. Now the final cost ended up being like five times that six times that. <laughs> um, but by raising that money right away, they showed the DNR and the state that, Hey, there's interest, there's support for this. Like you can't just tear this down and, and not do anything. So that for that group to then get finally after six years to get the, to take their first steps was pretty cool to be there for that. Yeah. And you know, you start going up that ramp and it's 850 feet created for access for those with disabilities. And it's got that 8% grade. I, I think it's 8% if I have that right. So we have a ramp like that in part of our office where we have a slope down, but it's a 10 foot stretch. Yeah. So it's not much to push a wheelchair 10 feet, but to do it, or if you're even, if you're walking, but maybe you have a cane or something to do that for 10 feet is one thing to do that for 850 feet up and 850 feet down is another thing. Right. So there are level platforms every so often throughout your journey though. So you can take a break and then continue up yeah. on your and, way. And you could take a break on, on the ramp and there are some benches built into it, which is pretty cool. And the canopy walk is what I would call it, you know, rather yeah. than the ramp is really cool. There's something similar to this in Southwest Michigan and Galleon, Galleon river or Galeen river. I always say it wrong. That's really cool, but it's more of like you walk off the bluff and it just winds through the trees and it comes to an overlook. You don't go yeah. up. Um, but it is really neat to be walking, especially right now as the trees are just kind of leafing out. Um, so it's really bright and vibrant. Um, and I think over time as that, as those trees kind of fill in the space from the trees that were cut down, you're going to have even more of a canopy almost over the, the walkway. So that's really cool. Um, and it's a new experience. It really adds to it. Well, answer this then, uh, your experience of the old Eagle tower going up the tower, was that part of the experience for you, the actual climbing of the steps, or was it really all about getting to the top and seeing the view? I'd say it's mostly about getting to the top and seeing the view and challenging yourself do to, you think to that, climb the stairs. Sure. Do you think that this new ramp creates a secondary experience that's worthwhile? I would say it creates a secondary experience that's very cool. The The judgment from a taxpayer perspective is like, was it $3 million plus cool? You know, if you, if you hadn't had the tower, would somebody have said, Hey, let's build a canopy walk for $3 million. Would that have ever passed? Right. Probably not. Nobody would have ever proposed it. Right. It, it's, it was all about the tower. Now this is a nice add on, but it's a $3 million add on. Yeah. It's unfortunate that your childlike wonder has been so suffocated by <laughs> going to board meetings and, and dealing with tax. Well, somebody's got to look at the dollars. That's, that's fair. I, I, I mean, it, it's up, our money. I will go up the tower and, and it's money I taken will. from something else. Like if you drive around Peninsula state park, the trade off, it is, I don't mean to detract from the tower. It's great. People will love it. Especially if you've never been to the old Eagle tower, you're going to go up there and be like, this is awesome. If you've been on the old Eagle tower, you're going to go up it and you're going to compare. And 
it, it fares really well. The comparison is pretty good, except if you're one of those, you know, it doesn't go above the trees anymore. So you don't get to look 360 and see, like, I think on the old Eagle Tower, on a clear day, you could actually see to the east side of, to the Lake Michigan side of the peninsula. And you could definitely see the hills south of the um, park. You could kind of see down into Ephraim Harbor and, and a little more islands. Small thing, 15 feet, but it, you know, some people are going to notice that. Um, but otherwise, the experience is still great. The panorama is amazing. Um, it's incredibly sturdily built. I mean, that thing ain't going anywhere. Um, at least I don't think so. And, you know, for all of the effort and talk about ADA accessibility, when they actually built it, they had to cut, they did 10 little cutouts in the railing because the railing is pretty much right at eye level if you're in a wheelchair. Right. So as you're going out, you actually can't see to the left and right because it's, there's a two by six and then a, at a different level, there's another two by six. So you really don't get to, if you're, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked that they didn't take that into consideration. Yeah. And I'm going to be interested to see how um, folks in wheelchairs experience, you know, they, it was all about giving them the same experience, right? And I don't know if you were in a wheelchair, if you would have the same experience. It's right. still really cool. You're going to get to the top for the first time. Once you get up there, you, you there are those cutouts so you can pull up and, and look out and kids can look out. But compared to the same sort of canopy walk that Galeen River has in Southwest Michigan, where they did it with um, metal railings so that you, and then like wooden posts, so you actually can look out and see from all angles and all height levels. So there's some things that I think people will nitpick about. Um, and depending on, you know, maybe it's more than, if I were in a wheelchair, I might see it as much more than a nitpick. So we'll see. Yeah. I will be curious to see like how it goes. And we have uh, Sarah Lancaster here in the office plans on going and pushing a, a relative in a wheelchair up at this weekend. So I'm, I'd be really curious and I'd love to get emails from people um, about their experiences as um, somebody either with, you know, if you just have walking struggles or in a wheelchair or something like that, um, to see what the, that experience is like for people. Right. Yeah, I'm excited to go up again for the for the first time on the new tower because I I think that that canopy walk was really promising and really exciting, and I'm excited to see how it actually pays off. Um, I, I don't have the experience up on Eagle Tower to compare the difference in views. I've only been at Potawatomi Tower. Sure. But I, I'm interested to see how that canopy walk shakes out. Yeah, and I, I think it it is... I don't want to be negative on it. It is really cool. And, and, and the views are really great. But as a reporter and somebody who like looks at the dollars and cents and knows the controversy behind it, I think it's, it's worth pointing out some of those things. Sure. And from a planning perspective, I think it's worth just wondering how you can possibly spend that much time talking about ADA access and then kind of neglect a couple of things. Yeah. Um, Cause then it starts to sound like lip service. Um, but they, st they still got to add a kiosk and some interpretive signage on there too, which something Eagle Tower never really had. So you're going to have some stuff talking about the, that teaches you a little bit about what you're seeing on the canopy, mm -hmm. a little bit about the history of the tower and things like that. That's really cool as well. And I should mention, I don't have a lot of the details now, but things are starting to look pretty promising for saving Potawatomi Tower yeah. down in uh, Potawatomi State Park. And I'm sure we'll have more information on that next week in the paper. But right. uh, reports are that it looks like they're finally coming to some sort of agreement on that. Yeah, after how many years now going back and forth? <laughs> yeah, it's Door County is all about towers now. That Potawatomi, Eagle Tower, Granary, you could consider a little bit of a tower and right. look out it once they finish that. And well, then and the nice thing about Pot Tower is if you if you do keep it in its, you know, the way that it is and you just reinforce it, 
then you'll have that direct comparison, right? Because Potawatomi yeah. Tower and Eagle Tower were were they identical or were they? I mean, they're they they very very, very similar. similar. Yeah. So you'll you'll Almost be able to directly height. compare the experience of both. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, another new thing that you got to experience this week was the Door Hotel. Tell me about going in there and seeing what that was all about. Well, speaking of tall buildings in Door County, um, yeah. another tower, yeah. arguably. Um, so the Door Hotel is opening for Memorial Day weekend. That Door Hotel, for those unfamiliar, is the large hotel subject to much controversy in the village of Sister Bay. It is a four-story hotel, so it is the tallest building in Sister Bay. Maybe that might qualify as the tallest in north of Sturgeon Bay. I'm not quite sure. Mm. Um, I think it's 47 units. And I went in there for a kind of soft opening um, the other night. And it is, it's a beautiful hotel. If you're familiar with things like the, maybe the Kohler Lodge in Green Bay um, near Lambeau Field, it's kind of that style, you know, without all the Packer stuff in it. But um, really well appointed. Seems really well done from from my eye. Um, lobby is big grand lobby with a with a bar and um it's just i mean it's design wise it it is something new and and different for sister bay and as the first hotel basically to be built in 20 years first fully new hotel i mean there's been additions to other ones um you know you you can see kind of the the difference in eras you know so much of what we have here for for lodging stock is probably 80s and 90s construction and style because that was kind of a big boom in condos and hotels here so this is kind of that first step into what you've seen and if you've traveled and been in any large cities or urban areas or other vacation destinations yeah uh, from what i've seen of the interior it kind of looks like rustic modern right it's, a little bit, it's yeah. very clean uh and very minimal but there's there's natural touches yeah. that make it seem a little bit more rustic Maybe some of that, that farmhouse it, style yeah helps it fit in a little bit more i i, I always appreciate when hotels try to do something different with their interiors because sometimes it works really well and sometimes it doesn't. I stayed at a hotel in New York that was a very, very old building that had been kind of uh, updated to be very sleek and modern, but it was all kind of coat of paint level. Hmm. And so it felt like an old hotel, Okay, but like empty. You know what I mean? It was very weird. Hmm. Whereas I, I stayed at a Marriott uh, just a couple days ago and it was all super minimal. Like everything from the the phone on your bedside table was just like a little bar, right? <laughs> With no yeah. keypad or anything. It just, sure. everything was super minimal. And comparing that to, you know, something like you would get up here in Door County and, and seeing those different things. I feel like the Door Hotel is different than anything that I've really stayed in with that kind of more rustic touch to yeah. it. And I, I feel like that kind of, fits the vibe or at least it fits what you might expect if you were coming to stay in a door county hotel right yeah and it's it's interesting too because i know some people would say like it's not door county style and i don't know what door county style is i've never gotten a good answer on that from anybody um but i do know that like 15 years ago when when sister bay started buying the waterfront and and trying to re-envision what it would be i I shouldn't even say re-envision like to envision because at the time the discussion that was had at most forums is like Sister Bay doesn't have a style. Like Fish Creek has a style and a look. Ephraim has a style and a look. And the the thing with Sister Bay was like, what's our identity? And they had a bunch of listening sessions and stuff. And they really determined that they didn't really have one. I mean, you could say Al Johnson's, but that was just one building that had grass on the roof. It's not like yeah. that was defining architecture the way that Ephraim has that. You know? Can you imagine if it became though in every there building? Was, had there was grass some on argument the roof? for that. There was some push to kind of go with this, you know, 
it, it's funny because up here people would say, well, that's Swedish style. Well, it's actually a Norwegian building. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the log cabin thing and the, the grass roof. And like, if you were going to go Swedish style, I guess some people would argue you're looking more like Jenny Bexel, bright, yep. <laughs> colorful. Um, that's what, what Swedish style could, could be, or Ikea, yeah. you know, versus Al Johnson's. I so am now imagining that argument a, was pretty interesting to have because some people are like, well, no, that's what we should do. And it's like, are we really just going to put goats on every roof? Yeah. I'm imagining though, Sister Bay as it stands now, but with grass on every roof and <laughs> tiny little bridges for the goats to yeah. just go. That would, okay. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. We're going to need another uh, ad hoc committee. Yeah. To figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I really need another ad hoc committee in my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you could, you can say that it's not. And like, I think I said before, like, yeah, would I, in my perfect world, would I like to see it be a three story hotel and kind of fit nestle in there a little better? Sure. Um, but it's there. And that's Sister Bay 15 years ago decided they wanted to allow four story buildings as a community. That was the decision because they needed to spur some development. Now everyone's got to rethink that. I think, I think Egg Harbor and Sister Bay both need to rethink what, uh, is there a need to spur development anymore? Like yeah. these towns, I would argue like we don't need to get bigger. Like Sister Bay doesn't need to be a 1500 person town. So Maybe it's time to rein that in and, and rethink it. Just like 15 years ago, we opened it up. So, yeah. It'll be interesting uh, to see how the discussions move forward. I, I will say the last thing on the Door Hotel, and I haven't been in there yet, but um, I, I feel like when you have something that big, I think your biggest desire is that it's executed well. Yes. Would, would you say that now being inside of it and that kind of stuff, that it's well executed? I, I think so. I was, one of my first jobs was housekeeping. Uh, for my dad at a hotel and so I and I delivered pizzas and have been in almost every hotel in Door County and it's nice it's a really well done place it doesn't have like the quite the view or the setting it's not like quiet nestled in the woods like so many others so it's going to attract a certain clientele that wants to be downtown that wants to wake up and just never get in their car and walk down to a coffee shop or a restaurant or a bar who wants to walk home from having drinks at night and doesn't mind live music outside across the street until yeah. 11 o'clock at night. So if you're looking for quiet in Door County, you're, the Door Hotel is not what what's competing with your... Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely are attracting the type of person who wants to be in it and wants to be able yeah. to like stay, like walk down, go get some good food, kind of stay in that area kind of thing. And that's an, that's an interesting perspective. I would like to stay there for a night and just try to play tourists the whole time and just yeah. see what my experience is like trying to approach in, it in like you. peak season when there's live music at Husby's and, and Al's. And then you yeah. have, you know, the people wandering the street bouncing from bar to bar, like, all right, now what's it like? Yeah. Cause when I was there the other night, it was incredible, but it, it was also, you know, nobody's walking the streets. So yeah. Interesting. All right. A couple more things to talk about. Let's fly through this next one. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more after we actually get to the opening date, but the Maritime Tower is finished and will be opening soon in Sturgeon Bay. Another thing that's a long time coming. Yeah. Um, hundred story or hundred story. Yeah. Hundred story tower. Hundred, tallest building in the world is in Sturgeon Bay. <laughs> um, this one truly is the tallest structure in Door County. Ten stories. Uh, the Maritime Lighthouse Tower. They will christen it on Saturday and take people to the top and... You know, this is something that really is like 20 some years in the making. This was a vision that the original like building of the Door County Maritime Museum, they actually had this kind of idea, but they just couldn't, they didn't have the funds and the, the wherewithal to do all of it at that time. Right. And the fundraising for it has been like a five or six year journey, maybe even more. So for the folks at the Maritime Museum, this is just a, 
and for all of Sturgeon Bay, this is a huge deal for this to finally come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I know it had stalled for, for a long time. They thought this would be a much quicker project, but now it's, it, does it live up to the hype? You know, that's, yeah. that's the question is like, when you go up there, are people going to see this as the destination draw that is envisioned? Because this was embarked upon, you know, I, th- I think it's a $6 million project. Maybe it's more um, envisioned as like, this is putting Sturgeon Bay on the map. This is the thing that's going to drastically increase visitorship to Sturgeon Bay and, and redefine what the city is. Mm. So it's got, there's a lot of pressure on it to deliver. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it changes my opinion on Sturgeon Bay in terms of it being like a draw, but I, I am really interested to see how it factors into Sturgeon Bay's identity, right? Right. Because when you think of Sturgeon Bay, if you look at the, you know, the, the, the iconography of the town, you've got the steel bridge as a prevalent logo on things. Mm-hmm. Does the Maritime Tower now become a, a more present icon of the city what about the new west waterfront all of that development what does sturgeon bay look like in five years in terms of not only just what you can do and 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 what you can see but what does the identity of the town become Mm -hmm. as we move forward i think that'll be interesting to see well yeah and that's you know it you know if if we're sitting there like three years from now and i think we talked about this in the podcast taking the long view like west waterfront is you know maybe not finished at that time but is that park and granary areas coming to fruition and the granaries open and the towers open grand park, that stuff should be done this year. Does Sturgeon Bay is at the tipping point where it goes like, all right, we are an industrial city with some tourism. And does that make it become tourism town with some industry? You know what? Sturgeon Bay is, is, even though it's the largest city and community in Door County, it's kind of, it's number two on room tax generation and, it's middle of the pack in occupancy rate and it's, you know, right there with like four or five other of these smaller towns. So it'd be interesting if three, four years from now you, you see that change. Yeah. And if it did, that would have huge economic repercussions for the city and for the County really, because I, I would, if you looked at it, you could say like that is an undervalued asset in terms of what it could do tourism wise. Right. Well, let's table this for now, because like I said, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about this next week once we've been to the top of the tower. Uh, But the last thing that I want to talk about is this week's issue of The Pulse, which is out now, is our new business issue. And there were a lot of new businesses that we were able to include. Walk me through uh, some of the ones that you particularly were drawn by. Um, Well, so just a little background is we started doing the, the new business issue kind of at the depths of the recession when... You know, 2008, 2009, 2010 were pretty sketchy times in Door County. Pretty scary to see, like, all right, who's, are we going to make it? Like, what's this going to do to tourism? Yeah. Who's going to be around in three years? There were a lot of businesses that went out of business. So, um, and and everyone was kind of scared. So we started doing this new business issue to highlight those people who were still embarking and still reinvesting and um, still believed in the future kind of thing in a subtle way. So that's that's where it started. And even now it's another example. Like we come out of the COVID year and there are a ton of people who still believe in indoor County, who still mm-hmm. stuck to their entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit and have opened a, a lot of new businesses, a lot of new restaurants in indoor County up and down the peninsula. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to take a look at that and highlight that, especially now as we come out of hopefully this is real that we're coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, and there, like, there are, like you said, a lot of new restaurants, a lot of places moving into new locations, a lot of, a lot of locations being repurposed to do new things. Uh, so this is, 
kind of an exciting year to, to get out and see new stuff, especially some some interesting locations that are being utilized in a new way um, that either sat empty last year or, you know, have something new and exciting to draw you to them, right? So I think about, like, um, Shiny Moon Cafe and mm-hmm. Duke Man's new endeavor up above the Fish Creek Market. The old Helsinki spot. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see that spot repurposed into something different, right? Because Helsinki's was food, beer, wine, cocktails. They had a bar there. It was kind of a, a cool, more urban aesthetic. Felt uh, like kind of the nightlife mm-hmm. in a way. Whereas this is breakfast, lunch. They've got beer and wine and uh, a full-service coffee bar. But I just, I wonder what that vibe is going to be like walking upstairs into a cafe. You know what I mean? You have that at Blue Horse, but this feels like urban in a way. Like yeah. it's a type of uh, arrangement that you would see in a city. Yeah. Whereas Blue Horse has your, you know, your big, beautiful staircase that you go up and then you're up there. But this having the bottom level used by another business has that urban feel. Um, it's, you know, you're t- talking about shiny moon. There's like this coffee boom in Fish Creek. It's kind of funny how these things go in ways. Like yeah. all the, a few years ago, it was like the multiple DIY places that opened in Ephraim all at once. Yeah. And Fish Creek, now you have, you know, Blue Horse is there. there. There was always a couple of people who would come in and open a coffee shop for a year or two, and then they'd be gone. And that's happened a lot over the years. Um, and then Fika has, what, like four, four I years? I think this is their fifth season. Fifth season. God, that's fast. I know. Um, and then uh, now you have Shiny Moon and Door County Chocolate Design, which is also doing coffee up at the top of the hill shops. Mm-hmm. Um, young entrepreneurs, Cole and Cara Vandalise there. Um, I think there's another coffee shop at top of the hill, too. Is there? I think so. <laughs> yep. Um, it's, it's interesting because like certain towns always have like just one or totally neglected or like egg Harbor for years. Like you had one or for different periods of the year would be, would have zero open. And now fish Creek has like five. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and in, in coffee shops, I feel like are, they, they serve an interesting purpose in door County, especially with the internet situation too. Yeah. Right. So as more and more people are vacationing and doing like a work vacation, You've got opportunity or you've got these places where you can go, sit for a couple of hours, drink coffee, do your work, use the Wi-Fi. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, uh, they they serve that kind of aesthetic. And these like smaller, more curated coffee shops, I think, are, are interesting in that way, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, you know, speaking of Fish Creek and coffee shops, so I stopped by Blue Horse the other day and you look across and it looks like it's not a new business, but the beach might finally be getting done and they were they were laying down sod, they were finishing up some rock work, and I think they're my car and his crew are working on the little pier that'll go out from the the Fish Creek Beach. Um, you know, they're what I like to call the annual Fish Creek Beach construction. Yeah. Um, so next year they'll probably tear it up again and start over, but it looks like they might have it ready soon. That could be uh, a couple other new businesses that I I just saw and thought were interesting. Where it was Den in Sturgeon Bay, it's mm-hmm. the uh, the shipping container or it's a store. I always say it's the shipping container store, and people are like, "What does that mean?" It's a store it's made awesome. out of. It's, if you containers. need, if you just want to go and pick up a couple shipping containers, they just yeah, have if them you just for sale. Need a few, um, but that's right across from Southern Door School. Yeah, uh, I actually i I heard about them a while back, and then I drove by them for the first time. I was like, "Whoa, there they are!" It's really cool and unlike anything else that you can see in door county just the the way that the buildings are made and the landscaping and everything like that it, it's like you're going to a different part of the country for a yeah. minute when you pull in there mm-hmm. uh, but i haven't been there but i've heard that they have a ton of stuff to look at so yeah deborah fitzgerald was down there she said it was really cool so maybe i'll stop in there sometime i don't know how their signage works in that they 
they sort of had a, a very large billboard. I don't know if they're, that's just like a weird thing they're, they're able to do in that part of the county, but. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's something there with the, with the zoning that mm-hmm. makes that possible. So, you know, speaking of like new businesses and, and delayed openings, like I'm on the board at right on door County and like, we are pretty excited. We can finally open our writing center and, and welcome people in. Right. We completed it last October, but you know, we've been shut down and, um, that's in Judville on Judville road. So we'll be looking at having more people in there and, and doing classes and doing hikes over there. Um, yeah, it's a really cool space. I haven't been inside the new writing center. I've seen video of it mm-hmm. and worked on video of it. Uh, but you told me that I couldn't go. So I guess I won't. <laughs> um, but that, that'll be great for, for people who want to check it out this summer. And then, you know, in sister Bay, Al Johnson's new place has been sort of open skull. Yeah. Um, the, now they officially have like the dirt and the green roof up there. Yep, I saw um, that. And that'll be, I think, fully, fully wide open this summer. That kind of the retail and also like food storage location for them. Yeah. Um, Are they putting bridges up to connect the roofs for the goats? It, it would be so cool if they did. Um, I don't. It'd be cool if they put goats on all the roofs, but I don't think they will. I think they're just staying on the owl's roof. Yeah. I don't know if they have enough goats. Yeah. <laughs> and they could go over to Jesse's Jesse Johnson's goat farm and just steal a couple of his goats and put them up there. I was going to say at a certain part, it may be too many goats because once you've got goats on three buildings, how soon before they're, they overrun and get onto other buildings run through the streets. There, there's a level that's too many. Right. Um, and of course, uh, you stopped by, uh, Trent Snyder's new place in Judville. I did. Yes. The door County cherry hut. Um, I, I stopped by there to see what they're doing. And if you've been to white cottage red door, uh, you saw some of the improvements that they had made and you saw kind of how they were using the space. Um, Trent is using it a, a little bit differently, but still offering lots of artisan goods. They have, um, some homemade pies that are there as well. And then they're doing food and beer as well. They have an outdoor beer, or they have an outdoor bar where they're serving, I think they have 12 taps. Six of them are bridge up brewing taps and then six of, six of them are guest taps. So they'll have a lot of different stuff there. They're doing food. It's counter service food. They're doing like tacos and beef tips and huh. sounds really yummy. Yeah. And then they're totally redoing all of the landscaping outside to create a bunch of really cool outdoor seating. Uh, and Trent said that they're going to have the the largest fire table in Wisconsin there. So if, <laughs> if you're a fire table enthusiast, that's going to yeah, be the place I mean, to be. There, is, there must be an underground network of people who go around measuring fire tables, just like Roy Lucas used to go around and measure trees and right. know exactly what was the biggest one. You know, it's funny when they, when they first mentioned what they were going to be doing and doing like a beer garden and stuff like that. I was curious because I feel like as like a, a market, it's kind of easy to draw you off the road to go into, but like as like a, food place i was like i wonder if that's gonna have the type of like the the traffic that they need to get people in there to do that after i saw what they were doing with the landscaping and the outdoor seating i think it'll be a no-brainer because you'll drive by and you'll be like whoa look at all that cool stuff happening and you'll want to pull in and see what it is yeah i'm i'm curious it's it is a sort of a purgatory of a location Mm -hmm. there have been different restaurants and like ice cream shops that have tried to do things there in the past um the, the farm market that was there kind of got dwarfed by like as the farm markets evolved into um, much bigger destination type things. So maybe it works now that they've done the landscaping. Maybe that'll pull them in. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not a, it's in a weird spot because it's not a bike to or drive to destination and there's no lodging or um, residential base nearby to like kind of create that bustle. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be curious how that, how it draws people because you're asking people, probably who are on their way to fish Creek 
and looking to get downtown Fish Creek to decide to abort that mission and go and stop short. I think that that's exactly why they're doing the landscaping the way that they are. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as you see it, you're going to be like, whoa, what's the party over here? And it's going to immediately pull you in. So it would pull me in world's largest fire table. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Just put that out on the road. Right. But well, I love the Trent makes great beer. um, So that would pull me in. Yeah. Well, I think that that will do it for this week. I definitely encourage people to pick up the new business issue and page through that because, like I said, it's not just new businesses, but it's businesses that have moved to new locations. One other thing we should mention uh, in the arts and entertainment section, the a lot of people are always interested in the dome house and it's not a new business necessarily, but it's a new thing. Uh, The dome house artists in residency program, um, for those unfamiliar, the dome house is also referred to as the hobbit house or the mushroom house. And it's the, it's almost like a work of art in itself. Yeah. Al Quinlan bought, built it back in the late sixties, early seventies and built it into the sand dune down in whitefish Bay. And his daughter bought the building back a few years ago. We did an article in door County living magazine and they fixed it up and they're creating this special residency program for a visiting artist. Um, and then a Door County artist right. starting this year. Which, how cool of an opportunity is that? Because you see a place like that and you immediately are like, oh man, I want to go inside there. Yeah. And now you get to live in there for a little bit and make art. Yeah. Really, really cool. And it is, I mean, there can't, there's no other building like it that I've seen yeah. anywhere. Yeah, the alone. architecture is completely unique. It's beautiful inside too. Like imagine. Looks like something out of Star Wars. Like, uh, well, I was going to say Lord of the Rings. Like sure. you couldn't get closer to a hobbit hole. Yeah. Than that, like yep. if if you if you want to write your next uh, novel at the Shire, <laughs> this is where you can do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like most people who have seen it have been like, oh man, I'd love to go in there and see what right. it's like. And now there's an opportunity to to do just that. Yeah. If, so well, if you if you get the residency, <laughs> right. So get get working on your application. Yeah. I know I am. (laughs) All right, Miles, I think that that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for chatting with me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. You bet. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.